Hoosier United Methodist podcast, episode 003. Hi, this is Todd Alcal, lead pastor at the Calvary United Methodist Church in Brownsburg, author of The Other Jesus, and writer of the Body, Mind, and Spirit column in the Hoosier United Methodist Together magazine. You are listening to the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, telling stories of Hoosier United Methodist churches and leaders making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So many exciting things, uh, new worship services, new styles, new ways of conceiving the church, new ways of using social media that I, I really, interestingly enough, even though we're seeing the numbers slide in some places, I'm, I'm optimistic for the future. Welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brad Miller, and we are here today to continue to do whatever we can to strengthen our relationships and our connection in the United Methodist Church in Indiana. And we're doing so by talking to some of the thought leaders and the decision makers and the people who are involved and engaged with with growing and, and strong United Methodist churches. Today, one of those leaders who gives us a little bit of a perspective is Dr. Phil Amerson. Dr. Amerson is the recently retired president of Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary, and he has spent a number of years in theological seminary education as the president both of Garrett and of Claremont School of Theology out in California. But prior to that, he served many years in the pastorate here in Indiana, most recently at First United Methodist Church in Bloomington and at Broadway United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. Involved with various creative ministries throughout his in uh, local church ministry and, of course, in the last several years in seminary education. And we asked him to give us a bit of his perspective, a state of the church, a 30,000-foot view of the church, if you will, of both theological education and local church ministry. And he gave us a really uh, great perspective perspective on things, gives us some his statement about what he thinks is one of the greatest positive impact of what is happening in the church right now, his view on the changes that are taking place in our seminaries, and then he tells a great story that involves 20,000 diapers. So I invite you to tune in uh, right now as we have our conversation with Dr. Phil Amerson. Today, our privilege, we're privileged to have a guest with us, Dr. Phil Amerson, who has entered just recently into a retired relationship with the Indiana Annual Conference, but served for a number of years in many ministry positions and several of our uh, growing and vibrant churches in our conference in the last several years in a ministry as a president of two of our United Methodist related, uh, you have two of our United Methodist seminaries. And Phil, we're glad you have with us. Just tell us what's been going on in your life the last few years and kind of what brought you to this point at the, uh, to this retired relationship? Well, thanks, Brad. It's uh, been a wonderful journey. I have just finished as being president at Garrett Evangelical Seminary in Evanston, Illinois, 
and before that was out in California. Uh, retired actually from my presidency the end of December of 2013, and since that time I've been in Colorado uh, as an interim pastor at St. Andrew United Methodist Church in Highlands Ranch, and uh, so I'm back where I love to be in the parish. And uh, to your question, uh, boy, I'm learning a lot every day. Well, what we have said in our annual conference is our purpose, our direction, our uh, mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I just like a little bit of your perspective on how we're doing at that question, both in the local church, which you've served a lot of years, and of course in the seminary uh, processes to train up and lead up leaders to go to a local church. How are we doing with that question? Give me your take on things right now. Well, I'm not sure. I, I think the question for me, I want to rephrase it a little bit, and okay. it's how's the Holy Spirit doing? Ah. And um, the Holy Spirit's way out ahead of us. Mm. Uh, one of the great things that I've been privileged to see in 14 years in theological education is uh, the renewal of interest among young people in ministry of all forms. And so, for instance, at Garrett Evangelical, we watched the average age of students coming into seminary drop uh, by almost 10 years. And so not quite as many second career folks? Not nearly as many. went from an average age of uh, about 37 in 2006 to about 26 this last year in the entering class. And the modal age, in other words, the, the group that was the largest, were 22. Hmm. And right out of college. Right out of college. Or more commonly, interestingly, they do a year somewhere. They do, go, go do mission travel work. for a year. Or travel, do mission work, that sort of thing. And these are bright, wonderful kids. Now, the question is, can they find a place in the church? Well, that kind of begs the question about the state of the church, as you see it right now, yep. from your perspective. You know, we hear a lot of things, some very challenging. Uh, the General Conference of 2012 put some really sobering facts out there for us to deal with. Uh, here in our annual conference, our whole focus is how can we move and turn things around to, to go forward towards growth and making disciples and so on. I'd just like your take on the state of the church right now from your eyes. Well, the state of the church is mixed. Too, uh, in my view, too much introspection. Mm. Uh, too much navel-gazing, too many, too much interest in what are the numbers, rather than how do we get to where God is already doing something in the world and support that. And I'm seeing a lot of what God's doing in the world, and a lot of it is among these young people, it's amazing, about half of them that graduate uh, choose not to be ordained. Yeah, uh, change some kind of a traditional orthodox approach to it. Huge. Now, will they come back and knock on the church's door later? They may. What do they do when they graduate? They go start schools in Africa. They go and uh, teach in Thailand. They start uh, a recovery center in an urban neighborhood. Some of them have gone out and started um, agricultural, sustainable living. Some real, as I'm understanding, there's some real cause-driven motivations cause -driven. for our uh, seminary students. That's right. Cause-driven, frankly, uh, I hate to say this, but some of them are saying, I don't know if I can trust the church with my vocation. So kind of moving away, in a, a, I'm going to use the term church-centric, not towards a church-centric, but towards a mission-focused, cause-driven. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, would say it's, I would say it's spirit-centric. Ah, okay. And that they're, they're seeking after now. That gets dangerous, and you get lone rangers. And so I think the church has to struggle with two questions. One, after they've had this experience, and I've seen a number of them, a young woman, for instance, just got back from South Africa, was there for three years teaching school, and she came back to an annual 
annual conference and knocked on the door and said, have you got space for me now? Fortunately, that annual conference said yes. So this has implications on how we do annual conference exactly. in terms of how we see our uh, clergy, our leadership, you know, how they're going to be investing and plugged in as it were. The other thing that, that I think seminaries have changed, okay. and the way you're getting leaders out of seminaries, and it's a whole range of experiments going on now. So it's no longer kind of a more or less a, a more or less a set curriculum, and you come in to a point A as a, as a first year seminary, and you come out point at, uh, with an MDiv at the end of it, and you're more or less the same curriculum. Are, we, are people kind of building their own curriculum, or how are you doing those on the seminaries? A little of both. Um, right now, at at every school, there's online learning, okay. and uh, many of the seminaries that just five years ago said we'll never do online teaching are getting ready to roll out a full online degree. Uh, Isn't that more or less an expectation that's really kind of the norm now? Yeah, it's the norm. The dilemma gets to be how do you evaluate these folks if you don't have good face-to-face -face contact with them? And so most of the schools are saying, you know, you can do a third of the degree online or half the degree online, uh, but uh, they also are saying, how do we teach pastoral care or preaching if we don't have face-to-face -face encounters with people? So it gets tricky there. But the bigger thing, the wonderful thing that I'm seeing out there are students that are actually in placements in local parishes or in local communities and at the same time doing their seminary work. Now, you can say that's always been done, but not this way. Uh, what's going on now much more is that folks are engaged in a ministry and then they're able to have pretty direct uh, inter inter interaction with that specific ministry and seminary. At, at Garrett Evangelical, I'm not bragging, I mean, lots of seminaries are doing a lot of creative things, but we set up a program with the Kellogg School of Management, for instance. And uh, if you are in for clarification, that's part of Northwestern. That's part of Northwestern University, and it's one of the one of the elite business management schools in the world. And uh, we we offer all of our graduates the opportunity to get a, a certificate in executive education. So what we were out talking to churches, and so the question, how are we doing, is interesting because the answers we were getting from churches has changed. Ten years ago, it was we want you to, to prepare people who can preach, who can do pastoral care, you know, do do the things that traditionally were thought to be important for ministry. And then about five years ago, six years ago, it changed, and they were saying, we need people that know how to do strategic planning, that know how to read budgets, that know how to help, uh, help develop new mission projects, to help us start new worship services. So this goes to a, a more detailed question of leadership. Exactly. exactly. How, we, how we do leadership. Exactly. So the whole question is leadership. We're not just training up just preachers, we're training up leaders. That's exactly right. And the Church of the Future is going to require that kind of leadership. I'm seeing so many exciting things, uh, new worship services, new styles, new ways of conceiving the church, new ways of using social media, that I, I really, interestingly enough, even though we're seeing the numbers slide in some places, I'm, I'm optimistic for the future. Would you say, uh, Phil, and just kind of looking at that leadership yeah. question, that we're having a need for, you mentioned the School of Management or Business right. and so on, and I have a real interest in how the business world, uh, how we can take 
with learnings and leadings from excellent uh, business world uh, teachings, apply it to nonprofits and vice versa. Yeah. And we kind of go from a good to great type of thing in all areas, in the church exactly. and in the nonprofit world and in the business world, for that matter, and how there can be much more crossover, yeah. I think is a real need for that. So in that light, would you say there's a need for more training and more experience in kind of an entrepreneurial style, style of ministry or leadership, yeah. kind of over a manager style? Or well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, what we learned working with folks at Kellogg was that their way out there, they, they've moved from um, how can we be successful leaders to how can we be leaders of significance. Mm. And that's a huge shift. <laughs> even in the business culture. Even in the business culture. And what was so the wonderful. bottom line isn't always a dollar sign. The bottom line no. is making impact. Are you making a difference? Yeah. And, and as we use high-quality teachers from the Kellogg Business School, we found many of them were people of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, two or three United Methodists, three or four Roman Catholics, and they would say to us, thank goodness I can now be all that I am. Thank goodness I can now say... And, and they will talk about the most important thing my graduates are doing is, and then it'll be, you know, they're setting up a bank in uh, Namibia. They're helping to develop agricultural... Micro-loans But they're doing it, and, and often they'll say, these students that we think of as secular are doing it out of a faith commitment. Yeah, and so I see seminarians catching that same... Now, they may do it differently. It may be expressed differently. But you're right. It's leadership. Entrepreneurial in the sense that they're experimenting, but not so much in they're trying to get a monetary uh, return on their investment. It's much more, are we doing something that really is life-changing for people? Add value to people's lives. Yeah. Make a transformation so, of the world. So, so, so in that sense, I think we're doing rather well in yeah. the sense of maintaining um, old bricks and mortar and maintaining old structures. Uh, we continue, like every organization that matures, to struggle with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I must say, I, I'm sort of trusting the Holy Spirit to, to turn that around. Well, and that's what we want to hear, kind of a word of hope going forward. And what I would really like to hear also, we're talking about transformation of the world, making disciples, that's people. Transformation is people change. Give us uh, just a story out of your experience, out of mission or ministry recently or whenever, when you've seen that evidence happen, where something has happened, where a life has truly been changed, or perhaps a organization has been changed. Well, we have a, I, I, I didn't mention, or maybe I did, I'm doing an interim ministry now in St. Andrew, in Colorado at St. Andrew United Methodist Church. We started a whole new service just to go toward the 20 and 30 year olds. To our amazement, in this relatively affluent uh, neighborhood, one of the groups that we're picking up are recent immigrant folks. And uh, watching them come to faith, a new faith in Jesus, and watching um, them as they get the green card and then can be with their family honestly there in worship. Uh, one of the things that uh, happened was a woman came to us and uh, who's, who's very, very impoverished. And we asked what her greatest need was, and she said, I can't afford diapers for my baby. So we started a diaper drive at the church. How about that? Uh, 20,000 diapers in a month. <laughs> and, <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I got up. And That's I almost got, ridiculous. And I got up. And, you know what? We call 20,000 diapers a good start. <laughs> and so we're going for 40,000 by Father's Day. Uh, diapers are something that uh, are very expensive that have health implications. Sure. You, I mean, like food stamps or not, you can't buy diapers on food yeah. stamps. So this is a real way that we were helping uh, poor folks. And what's happened is in a rather affluent congregation, suddenly the new worship service that we thought was going to be mainly for upper middle class folk is full of new immigrants, is full of uh, folks who yeah. take the bus to come. So uh, God arrives in all kinds oh, of ways, right? Oh, yeah, yeah it's amazing. True. It's That's amazing. True. Well, folks, I enjoy having you with us. Do you have any new projects in the works, any new books or website or anything you want to share with us? So people, oh. If people want to be in contact with you, can they do that? Sure, sure. Happy to be in touch. Um, they can contact me through the Garrett Evangelical website still. Okay, great. Or, um, I, I, yeah, I'm going to be doing some writing. One of the things I'm going to be doing, Brad, is uh, with along with four or five other recently retired clergy, we're just going to uh, offer to go and be with pastors. And uh, a wonderful resource. Right? No, no expense. No, Don't pay us anything. What we'll offer you is we'll come three times, uh, sit with you. To their setting? To their setting. To their setting. Okay. And and we'll then honestly reflect what we see and then get the heck out of the way. So, and if that comes to fruition, as I'm sure it will, we'll hear more about how yep. to yep. But we'll, we'll be doing that. And, and there will also, we also have in mind some of us, uh, same group, uh, having a retreat setting, a safe setting. There was something way back in the 1970s, 60s, 70s, and 80s called Interpreter's House. Mm. And it was just a safe space for pastors to come in small groups. Mm. And uh, there are a lot of other people that do that, but uh, we want to do some of that as well. Well, Phil, great to hear your take kind of from a view from your perspective right now about where we stand as a church, where we're going. I hear a word of hope, Yep, a word of joy, and a word of just uh, let's let the Spirit be a word. Just to back (laughs) off, let the Spirit do do what the Spirit will do. So thank you for being with us. This has been Brad Miller with the HoosierUnitedMethodist.com podcast. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Dr. Phil Amerson, recently retired president of Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary in Evanston, Illinois. And of course, you can see by our conversation, he is just really intimately continues to be involved with mission and ministry and has a lot to say. And and I think we can learn a few things here. I know that I I did about an understanding that things are changing and happening in our church right now, particularly among uh, students going to seminary. Many of them are choosing not to be ordained, for instance, and are really connecting up and choosing a life that really focuses on cause over career. And I find that very interesting. And B also, he was very positive about the big, wonderful things that are happening are the connections, how people are really engaged with their community, both students and other people in ministry. And he talked about the connection between the business community and the church community, particularly a relationship with the Kellogg School of Management there at Northwestern, where Garrett Evangelical is located in the Chicago area. And that, that connection between ministry and business and how there's crossover and how there's places where many business people are people of faith, and they can find it expressed through the church, and that may be a real point of, of growth and expansion for church, and how the real need in our churches is uh, is for people who are strategic thinkers, strategic planners, people who can help get things done, and that the church of the future does require innovative, fresh leadership. But overall, he was very optimistic about, about the future and how, how people are really wanting to move from successful leaders of churches to leaders of significance. As he mentioned about a group of retired clergy, putting 
putting together a group to work with with currently engaged clergy to to respond to them, to be a help to them, to be a resource to them, to come alongside and be helpful and reflect. And that just may be just a terrific resource to take advantage of. And we'll give you the information on how to get in contact with uh, with Phil Emerson in our show notes. One of the things we also like to do in the Hoosier United Methodist podcast is lift up a resource. And a resource that I think uh, has some real connection to our conversation with Phil today is a brand new resource that came out in the fall of 2014 by Adam Hamilton, pastor of Resurrection Church in in suburban Kansas City. It's called Revival, Faith as Wesley Lived It. And if you're a fan of John Wesley and Charles Wesley as I am and many of us are, you're going to love getting into this resource, which is a small group resource, but it certainly has a standalone book, which you can read as a great benefit to to you. It has a a DVD resource with it, so it can be used in a small group setting, preaching resource. Uh, But I find it, as much as anything, to be just a great refresher and a reminder of the uh, of Wesleyan theology upon what we're about as as the church and how there really are some uh, some crossovers or some transferable principles we can learn from Wesley's time that apply to our current situations. And he unpacks a lot of Wesley stuff. He did a lot of traveling, the educational opportunities, and the historical perspective as well as what went on with, with Wesley. So there's a lot of good history here, but mainly it has to do, though, with the power of a renewal of, of holiness, of holiness and how that can be applied in our life and uh, how we can work through a crisis of faith and by continue to be, to be restored to our longing for a holy relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a lot of what Wesley was all about, of course. It's available uh, through Abingdon Press and, of course, uh, through Cokesbury. And I commend it to you, Adam Hamilton's revival. Well, that, that's about going to do it today for this edition of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. I just would invite you, if you enjoy what you're hearing and you'd like, uh, you'd like to hear more uh, perspective on things in, in the United Methodist Church in Indiana, uh, please let us know. You can make a comment on the blog at Hoosier United Methodist com. You can let us know at Hoosier at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. And we're also at Twitter, Twitter.com slash Hoosier UMC. Of course, if you like us, really, please, it's very helpful if you go to the iTunes store and uh, find our podcast there and give us a rating and a review. There's a five-star rating system. The higher you rate it, the better it is uh, for us to get the, the word out and a review. It's just a sentence or two there, which is helpful, and we certainly would appreciate that. You'll, full, you'll find full notes notes and connection uh, to the uh, everything in this podcast here today in our in our notes at our blog, our home base, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com. I'd like to leave you now with this quote from John Wesley. He says this, open quote, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them together stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Close quote from John Wesley. We look forward to hearing uh, from you on the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. We've got some more great guests uh, coming on, on the podcast, so we invite you to stay tuned to that. And we'll st- until next time, this is Brad Miller saying, go and make disciples of your world. for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. 
Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.